0: and 5 4 three, Are you counting yourself down? 2
1: 1 What's the best practice here? What are we missing? So you're going to see a reduction in spend, you're going to see a boost in productivity. So no longer do you need to have someone handing out product right. when it could just be coming out of the machine. Right. Are these only for big manufacturing companies? And it's a resounding no. Capital N, capital O. It's for your average metalworking manufacturing company because even smaller shops, you know, have a spend that is usually adequate to sustain a vending system.
0: If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are metalworking nation. This is making chips Hey, everybody. Welcome. We're coming to you from the Windy City. This is the podcast to equip manufacturing leaders. We are happy to have you with us today, and uh, we're really excited about what we're going to talk about.
1: What's going on today, Jason? Okay, so what we have coming up in this episode is that... You're going to ask me a bunch of questions about vending systems. It's a hot topic in the manufacturing industry, especially in the metalworking making chip space. We get people asking us about vending systems all the time. And I know that our listeners have a lot of questions about that that they want to hear. So you put together some questions for me. So I'm going to try to answer these as best I can.
0: I did. You know, it, it's crazy. We are. Car Machine and Tool is looking for a new way to manage our tooling. And I think it's really important that I get some of these hot topic questions answered today, so I can bring it back to my team at Car Machine and Tool, and we can also help our listeners better equip them for when they go to look at this new technology and this new type of vending machines, because vending machines aren't for candy bars anymore. No,
1: they're not. These will be good questions so that our listeners can you know, listen to the questions that you have and not have to, you know, if they're embarrassed or they just, you know, want a, a very brief introduction to vending, they can they can listen to this podcast. Sure.
0: So Jason, can you tell me and our listeners, what is the major objective that a manufacturing company, be it large or small, why do they need one? What, what is the main objective to having one on your shop floor?
1: So I would say that it comes down to three different points. The first point would be to reduce spend. Now, just very briefly, you're going to see a um a decrease in usage. Your employees because they know that the inventory is being tracked and it's being monitored a little bit more closely they're going to probably utilize those tools a little bit more effectively. You could teach them better ways. You know, you can find out who the leader is in your plant. You know, if two people have the same job and one of them is using more tooling than the other person is, what's the best practice here? What are we missing? So you're going to see a reduction in spend. You're going to see a boost in productivity. So no longer do you need to have someone handing out product when... It could just be coming out of the machine. This is especially prevalent in a lot of, I guess, low dollar items that really shouldn't have a high paid person handing out those tools or those supplies. And then you're gonna see an increase in accountability. So as I mentioned, you're where you could, you know, throw an insert away if you know not all of the edges have been used, you're gonna make sure that your employees really are accountable for using the tooling to their full capacity so that all you know six edges are used or all four edges are. Use whatever the case may be for for that particular tool.
0: Yeah, I got it. You know, it's crazy. It's it's kind of intimidated. I got to tell you, it doesn't have to be. I think that it is because you know you know what it's all about. But you know, me owning a small manufacturing company, it kind of intimidates me just because I don't know what the the costs are going to be around this, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But first and foremost, you know, I, I like to know the history of everything. So, can you tell me a little how how long have these vending systems been around? Where did they come from? Who I mean, obviously somebody had a brainstorm and they said this is what we're going to do, but how long have they actually been out there?
1: So, vending systems in general have been a, around for a long time, but I would say that vending systems that are utilized in their in their current capacity in a manufacturing environment where the vending system is truly made for the manufacturing environment. Has been around for about twenty to thirty years.
0: Twenty or thirty years.
1: Yeah, twenty or thirty years. Oh, no. and, and you know, these were the companies that were really at the cutting edge of the manufacturing process and at the cutting edge of lean. The company that we partnered up with is an industrial vending company called AutoCrib, and they've been in business since 1994. And the owner of of AutoCrib actually used to own an industrial supply company like mine out on the West Coast um, in California. So his company, AutoCrib, started in 1994, and he was really one of the trailblazers as it related to vending systems. He was really the trailblazer as it related to vending systems in the manufacturing environment. Okay,
0: okay. Great. I appreciate the history of them. I had no idea they've been around
1: for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, um, you're talking companies like, like say, like a Boeing, OEMs, a big OEMs, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because exactly. I'm sure
0: there's more skin in it for them if oh, they can control their tooling inventory better. The ROI is going to be significant just because it's, a, it's such a large capacity.
1: Yeah, for and, them, it was really just a. It, it was the next natural step to becoming more lean right. seeing their productivity increase you know utilizing their employee base a little bit better and getting better analytics behind their usage of tooling
0: yeah well that was the next bullet point i had it says aren't these vending machines only for big manufacturing the companies that have a million dollars in tooling inventory i mean i know we're going to talk about it but it still does seem like that's what they're more geared toward i would like you to show to tell me today, right now, how a vending machine can solve my small problems that I have in my small machine shop.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to answer your first question, which is, um, aren't these only for big manufacturing companies? And it's a resounding no, capital N, capital O, it's, it's for your average metalworking manufacturing company because even smaller shops you know, have a spend that is usually adequate to sustain a vending system.
0: Is it the footprint? Is it the actual tangible toolbox? Is that the costly part, or is it is it the do you just want to get that on the floor so you can get the repeat work or yeah, okay's got that's got to be the objective, I mean, right, at the end
1: of the day, well, what we use our vending systems are is is a way to better partner with our clients and we place these vending machines in our customer's site. We pay for them as a capital purchase. The vending systems could for a single unit like a single footprint can go anywhere from, you know, five thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Depends on, you know, how large the equipment is, what exactly it does. What you'll see after doing some research is that there's actually quite a few different types of vending systems. It's not just your average, you know, Helix candy bar type vending systems. We we actually don't prefer those types of vending systems. So once you start doing your research, you'll see that there's there's a lot of different options. So you only you only rep for one particular manufacturer, which is Autocrib. Is that right? Those are the machines that we place. We're partnered with AutoCrib. Okay, yeah, but there are other vending systems out there. As an example, we're a Wittia distributor, and Wittia being the same parent company as Ketametal, Metal, they have their ToolBoss systems, and we technically are able to place ToolBoss systems and AutoCrib systems. And I actually am part of a um, a marketing group that has a vending system called SnapVend, which is actually a kind of a lower cost candy bar style machine. So we do have other options, mm-hmm. but our partner is AutoCrib because we just feel that they have the they have the best machines, their software is really good, and their support is good. I mean, these machines are, are built like tanks. I mean, they're built specifically for a rough manufacturing environment. I mean, we want to cool. be able to put these machines at our client's site and have them last for a long time. Because Actually, what I would like to do is I'd like to put that smack dab right in the middle of the shop
0: floor. So it's easily accessible to all the machinists, absolutely, so they're not walking across the entire building to go get a thirteen thirty second carbide
1: drill well, that's actually one of the big cost savings that you'll see is that the walking time, so you know one one of the things that used to uh, very early on of placing vending machines that was that was one of the the points that people used to talk about. How long does it take for that person to walk to the vending machine? Oh my, well, God. You, you, oh my God. Yeah, but that's just the start. Okay, so he walks to the vending machine, but does he, how many people does he talk to as he goes over there? Does he stop for a, a smoke break? You know, what, what exactly is going on? Does he go to the bathroom? To the bathroom? Exactly. No, I, I
0: agree 100%. And these are all really relevant, relevant ideas that you're bringing up right now. Okay, I, I get all that philosophy. So I was concerned about A, if it was industrial enough to be out on the shop floor, and you said, a resounding, yes.
1: Oh, these are made for the shop floor. Okay. These are not, yeah, for that environment. Okay. These are not retrofitted machines. They're built from the ground up using the same type of manufacturing process and quality as a machine tool, as your lathe, as your mill. Okay. Are the sizes of these toolboxes, which is what I think they are. I don't really call them a toolbox, well, I do because there's tools in them.
0: Okay. And, you know, that's, You're right. what, that's how machinists it is, it, is, it is a
1: box. It does have tools. So. It, exactly. So,
0: you know, and that's how machinists relate to toolbox. They, it's, it's their toolbox. But sure. it's a vending machine at the, at the end of the day, and it's a sophisticated piece. It's, it's a sophisticated toolbox. Yeah, it's got a computer in it. It's got a computer So are there different sizes? Is it is it like you can get small, medium, or large? Or do you customize the size? Do you customize the drawer sizes? I mean, I know we're going to get into the customization of the software, and are the drawers exclusive to different levels of people in your shop? I know that's true, and I I would like to talk about that a little bit later. But right now, tell me a little bit about the sizes of these things.
1: Okay, you just peppered me with a lot of questions. Good, okay. Let me size. see if I can, if I can okay. remember. Okay, size sizes, of, yes.
0: Size <laughs> of the machine. Is it is it small, medium, large, or is it customizable?
1: Okay, so in one sense, there is a small, medium, and a large. So one of the machines that we place most frequently is a machine called the Robocrib, and it does come in what's called a 500, a 1,000, and a 2,000. If you refer to one of their competitors, they probably also have different size capabilities. But that's just one type of machine. Just as an example, there's a machine that's specifically made just for dispensing gloves. There's locker systems. There's... Oh,
0: so it's not typically just you swipe your ID card. That ID is exclusive to particular drawers, but it's not necessarily a drawer it could be a
1: door this machine that i just referred to is a door there's other machines that have drawers
0: okay okay yeah so th- th-
1: there these machines are made in in a, like a variety of different types it's kind of like you know you're shopping for a car do you want you know do you want a sedan do you want a coupe do you want a pickup truck do you want you know what what exactly do you want i mean what you have to get down to is you have to work with somebody that's an expert in that field and really have them customize the program to fit your needs. I would say that, you know, I, I know we're gonna talk about probably best practices at, at some point, but I would say that one of the one of the best things that you could do is really to partner with somebody that understands industrial vending integration and they can customize the program and trust them. Trust them that they know, they know how to handle this.
0: And manage it.
1: And manage it. And yeah. Manage I mean it. you want to partner with somebody. I mean, if you're if, if you have the mindset that you're going to control the whole process and you know everything about this, that's when you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because what you should be concerned with is what? Productivity. Making efficiency, chips. Making chips. Exactly. If you're not making chips. You're, you're not making you're, money. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. I mean, so, as a manufacturing company, your, your primary concern should not be your vending system. You should be partnered with somebody that, right. can, that can help I, all you All I that. want to
0: do is I want to hear that spindle, those spindles running. Exactly. Because I know if the spindle's running, it's probably engaging with the metal and we're making money. Right. So. And, w- and
1: what happens if you're spending all your time managing a vending system?
0: Forget it. And again, you're absolutely right. You want that vending machine centrally located within your facility so the time that that machinist takes where he decides he needs that 13-32nd diameter drill to the time he gets it in that chuck in the spindle and it starts to turn that's what it's all about so my next question for you jason is what can we put in them i mean i assume you could even put candy bars in there if you wanted to but that's not the whole objective of having an industrial vending
1: machine drills Drill, i mean you can put cutting tools in there you could put tooling in there there's even a way that you can check in and check out gauges you oh, can even great. put controls on how many times those gauges can be checked in and checked out you can put gloves in there You can have other types of MRO supplies. You can have precision tools. There's all kinds of things. I I even know that these machines can be customized to have an electrical outlet inside of one of the locker spaces so that you can charge a laptop. Maybe you have office staff that... You want to limit the the number of laptops that you have to purchase, and these things get checked in and out for some reason. Mm. I, I don't know what that would look like, but I know that a company has done that where they actually have an electrical supply inside of a locker system so that laptops can be checked so in and you, out. So it's really endless is what I'm saying. You
0: can get very creative on how you give that exclusivity to each of those you can floors, get very creative floors,
1: yeah yeah i would say for a small manufacturing company though you you really want to start out basic don't don't get too ahead of yourself just start off with the you know the 80% of what you're using and really have a vision for controlling that part of your spend
0: okay so it does sound a little intimidating to me right now it sounds like a big task but how is the onboarding process i mean how long does it take let's say next week Zengers Industrial is gonna plop one of those right in the middle of my shop floor and say, Jim, you're ready to go. Okay, there's software that has to be learned. It has to software has to be installed on our PCs.
1: Well, first of all, before we even place one of those on your floor, we actually need to have it made to the specifications that we figure out for your specific company. So right. that's going to take, you know, six weeks to, to put that together. Okay. So it's not as easy as just putting one in your space next week. Okay. Now we do have, we do have demo, like new brand new demo units that we could place next week if there was an emergency or something like that. But in general, we order all of the machines. We, you know, as a company, we, our desire is to have an ongoing relationship with our customers and not lose business. So, We have a tendency to not have used machines in stock, so we have to typically order all of our machines to your specifications. Interesting. So the first thing that we would have to do before the process even got started is that we need to um, do an analysis of your of your tooling usage or what you decide to put into the vending machine. So you know, figure out what the what what the most popular items are, what the usages are, so we could figure out min maxes behind those, emergency quantities, safety stock, all those types of questions need to be answered for each item. And that's a lot of work.
0: It does sound like it's a lot of work.
1: Once again, that goes back to partnering with the right company. You Mm -hmm. want to partner with somebody that knows how to do that. Because to be quite honest, you have better things to do than to be messing around with making these types of decisions.
0: Let's say, for instance, it's set up. We've gone through that process. We've customized the vending machine to have the appropriate amount of drawers and doors for the tooling in my shop. So what we do, let's say one drawer has a quarter-twenty spiral flute tap in it, and we want to keep a minimum inventory of those of about six. It's a pretty common tool. So what we do, do we set up, you and I, do we set up a criteria or a threshold that when that gets down to one or two left in the drawer, that it automatically reorders that same identical tool based on the EDP number, and it just automatically gets
1: shipped to me? Exactly. So what we would do is we would figure out a a minimum quantity that once the inventory gets down to that minimum, that your supplier will replenish up to that maximum amount so and then we also have like what we call like an emergency level so that when the inventory gets down to like a critical value i'm sorry we call it a we actually have a critical value that we utilize in order to make sure that when an item gets down to say like i don't know whether it's one piece two pieces or ten pieces that there is Hourly emails and text messages being sent to my management so that they know that 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 item is getting sure to a critical, a critical level. level. Yeah, exactly. Because our goal in in this process and in, in the person that you partnership that you partner with, the person that you partner with, their goal should be to make sure that you do not have downtime because there is no tooling available.
0: Sure. The software. Let's. I just let's briefly touch on the software because I would assume I'll be able to. Log in and see if that one guy out in the shop is, you know, really destroying all the tools because you never know who in your shop is going to be using up all the expensive tools. And it's going to when they take that tool out of that drawer or door, I'm going to know that it was employee number B.C. and he's you know, chronically taking tools out of the tool crib?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So we would prefer not that you logged into the software because that's that's just an extra step that you have to take right. on a daily okay. basis. What we'll do is we'll set up some kind of, before the machine even starts getting used, we will discuss with you how often you want to get that type of usage information. So is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? And what I would say is you only take that information in as much as you have the ability to review it. So I've got a customer that they review their usage every single day. It's one of the first things that he does in the morning, just to make sure that everything is, all the tools are being used like they should be. And then I have other customers that review it once a month. So it just depends on, and then other customers that do it once a week. So it just depends on how often you're going to utilize that information. And so what we'll do is we'll set up, customize reports that get sent to you okay, I got it yeah during that time period and we'll we'll even customize that so that it's um, it gives you the information that you need because there's going to be a lot of information that we could collect but that you may not necessarily need that information. Does that answer your question? It does.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: And also, I might add, um, also in the format that you want. So you may want it in a Word document. We'll send it to you in a Word document. You might want it in a document that you can import into Excel. Exactly. You might want it in a customized format so that you can import it into your ERP system. Sounds exciting. Sounds great.
0: So obviously, the growth of this technology is really starting to come to fruition. It's coming to life. Have you seen that this technology is really starting to be popular? Well, we know they've been popular among the bigger OEMs, but now it's trickling down because they're obviously a little bit more affordable.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely becoming more popular. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, you're you're small and medium-sized manufacturing companies. It's becoming standard practice. Sure.
0: Last question for you, Jason, is what three things can you leave me and our listeners with to remember about vending machines and how we as small metalworking manufacturing companies can benefit from this new technology. Three things. Bam, bam, bam.
1: Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Let me think just for a minute. Okay. Okay. So I think I've said this a couple times already. Listen to the expert. And I would say that that expert is not the large... Catalog industrial supply companies. Those are not the companies that are going to truly form a partnership with you as a manufacturing company. You want to talk with your local industrial supply company who is an expert in vending. And I know one way that would be easy to do that is is if you just go to autocrib.com, you go to their website and look up distributors and then choose the geographical area that you're in. And then if you're like a national company and you need to have a larger footprint, there's still other options as far as that goes besides the large catalog companies. We're part of a network that can cover the entire United States. Second point, this kind of Goes to the first point, but really, you know, develop a deep partnership with that distributor that's going to be handling your vending. You're probably going to have to sever some relationships with other companies that you deal with only because it makes sense to. Consolidate a lot of your purchases. Now that doesn't mean that you have to consolidate everything, but you're really going to have to have a partner that you're working with. As an example, in some of our vending agreements, we do supply tooling from other companies. And we do this because there's other companies that have strengths in other areas, but we are still, you know, the primary company that's managing the vending application. Got it. And then the third point would be to Meet regularly with your partner to discuss you know discuss progress, to discuss how things are going and to decide how you can make improvements to the vending system. You're not going to place this system on your shop floor day one, and it's going to be working perfectly. It's going to have to be refined and made better. you're going to have your partner is going to have ideas how to improve the process. You know, you can't start off by just doing everything from day one, so it's going to be a continual improvement.
0: Very good. Thank you. I took notes as you were talking about that. Boy, I'm excited about that coming into my shop. It it sounds fabulous. It's
1: very exciting, and and, you know, we we talked about that. There's different types of machines, and I just want to you know point out a couple things that I think our listeners may be um, kind of intrigued by. There, you know, I mentioned that there's the you know there's the traditional candy machine style. There's the Robo style machine or the the bin style machine. There's the lockers. Now those have been around for a number of years, but there's also other there's RFID systems. Which are um, just starting to get utilized on a um, more—they're starting to get utilized more frequently, I guess I would say. And then there's also a machine that's being utilized in like the the military and the aviation mechanic industry, and it's it's specific
0: a ma- to those specific
1: industries. to those industries where these are industries where every single tool needs to be a let's let's just say for example you're making repairs to a you know 747. Now, you don't want to re- leave your wrench no. sitting in that airplane anywhere because you've got hundreds of lives at stake. Absolutely. So what AutoCrib has actually done is that they've invented a system that will verify via a visual system that every single tool has been brought back oh, cool. to cool. that vending system, cool. which is really cool. It's a system that was built around what's called FOD or foreign object and debris, and it just shows the the progress that's been made in the industrial vending industry. Fabulous. All
0: good stuff, Jason. Looking forward to it. So moving forward out of that, we had uh, a question on our makingchips.com website from yeah, we do. one of yeah. our listeners. Yeah, yeah. We so we'd uh, address that because we want to encourage more engagement with our listeners because we're doing this for you. We're just trying to equip you and, and you know help you make better decisions in your day-to-day in in your manufacturing company. So,
1: yeah, so I've actually Brianna and I from Denazol Tool in Salem, Oregon, we've had, you know, some interactions online. She's asked some questions and I've posted some responses to her, and she had a couple questions that I thought would be great for you, Jim. So, sure. uh, I'm going to ask those. Her first question is how important is it for a manufacturing company to have a clean, updated, and functional website?
0: I think it's absolutely important because first and foremost, When you have a new prospect that's looking at you.
1: That's the first thing they do. That's the
0: first thing they do. They go to Look at your website. It's validation. Are they a legitimate company? Do they have sustainability? Do they have ISO credentials? Just who they are. Do they have company culture? Where are they? All those things are wrapped up nice and neatly and packaged in your website. It's the first chance you have to make to make an impression on your prospect. And hopefully you can convert that into a customer.
1: I agree. And we're actually going to talk about what should be on a manufacturing company's website. So we're going to talk about that in a future podcast. And we actually talk about strategy in episode 19, which if you go to makingchips.com slash 19, you'll hear some of our initial, I think what we call our marketing lesson number one. Okay, so the second question is, what do buyers look for when searching for a new supplier? And what she's referring to is a company that is a job shop. What are they looking for from a job shop?
0: Is that okay to use that term job shop? It absolutely is. That's what I am. That's what Car Machine and Tool is. We're a precision CNC job shop, but that's what we are. And I always go back to why I think new prospects come to car is they have a pain point. They have a a problem with their current vendor, with their current machine shop. They're not getting quality. They're not getting delivery. There's no communication. Maybe they're not on time. Maybe they're not on time. There are all of those things. There's definitely a pain point, and that's when you need to grab them and hopefully engage with them and win them over and tell them how you can take away their pain. There's a lot of different levels to why buyers look for a new supplier.
1: Yeah, this could be a whole podcast yeah, in itself.
0: It's very subjective. But I personally believe that buyers look for new vendors when they have a pain.
1: When they have a pain. And I would say that the easiest way to find out how you are perceived by your customers is to ask the ones that you're very close with and say, why do you buy from me? Right, And, and you might get a lot of insight from that. Yep. And then for the new ones that come to you, why did you decide to do business with me?
0: Great. Thanks, Brianna. We appreciate that. And to all our listeners out there, if you have something that is on your mind, you know, Jason and I have been in this industry for multiple decades. If there's something on your shoulder that you're bugging you and you really want to ask us, please feel free. We actually have a phone
1: number, Jim. We do. What is that phone number? 312-725-0245. So if you call us on that number, you can leave a message. We may even play it on the show.
0: Great. Also, they can go to MakingChips.com, any of our social platforms, or we can uh, communicate with you on there.
1: I think that's it, man. I would say, in closing, sign up for our newsletter, go to MakingChips.com, and enter your email address. That way, you receive these podcasts, and they're easy to consume as soon as they come out.
0: And another thing I want to pitch is we've got some exciting new stuff coming up this summer for everybody. We're going to take oh, yeah. Making Chips on the road. It's yes. really that's exciting. Be fun. Little teaser. Just think about it
1: we're going somewhere very nice yes
0: it's going to be a good host strategy here
1: yeah and we're actually going with one of our past guests so this should be very fun
0: yes anyway that's it for this one great to have you here as yes. usual and bam bam jason with the bam
1: this podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry we want to hear from you the owners managers leaders and engineers from the metalworking nation what ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Are you
0: ready? Not yet. I just got to get my head in the right place. Ready? Not yet.